Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, Philip talks about what's the most important character trait of a good investor? And is having a mentor better than having school lessons? Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now... Here's Philip. What's the most important character trait of a good investor? And this is one that I've talked about for a long time. It's faith, patience, and discipline. Faith being that you have faith that everything works out over time to the positive in the future. You know, if if, if you expect negativity, then you will draw out negativity. If you expect positivity then you'll draw out positivity, right? Don't don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying you can buy a garbage com- <laughs> a garbage investment and then hope it to go up. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying that. I'm saying if if you've done the work, if you and, and maybe this is how this is going back to my previous question, how you get the gut and the heart in alignment, but once you've done the work, then you infuse faith and positivity and posi- and, and, and belief in the future, right? You think the world is more positive than negative. Right. I mean, it, it goes back to have you ever met somebody where just they they complained a lot and bad things always happen to them? You know, this is this is this can be explained in physics and in spiritual teachings. It's just negativity attracts negativity. You know, like that's a physics, but it's also in the spiritual realm, the spiritual creatures that we are. If that's what you believe. Like that's also the same case. Like it just negativity attracts negativity. So. That yeah, I said it all on that. So you got to have faith in the future. Two, you have to be disciplined, right? Habits are are are, are like compound interest. You know, I I I use I talked about it in a previous podcast episode where I talked to a client about just you know he's making a lot of money. I said, hey man, if you just put away two hundred thousand a year instead of trying to hit home runs right now, you know it's gonna like seem like nothing for a decade. Right, as far as relative to the money you put in, but in a decade, you'll—I'm just using the number—in a decade, if you have thirty million dollars, right, and the market goes up twenty percent in that one year, you make six million in one year. But you didn't make six million because of anything you did in that year. You made six six million from the compounding of you putting money in, you know, for a decade, and that's what discipline does with investing, right? If you just continue to do the right things, continue to. Now, I guess I'm answering my question because this also reprograms the heart and the gut, probably the gut, right? The, 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 the faith, the discipline is the reprogramming of the heart and the gut, that part of the brain, because it gets to a point to where once you don't overreact when the market drops, once you continue to invest when the market drops, once you buy the dip you know, on, a, on, on, on something you've done research on and you believe in, and and you didn't go all in, so you didn't lose everything. Even even if even if you were wrong on one, you made up with the other. Like if you do the work, and then you have the discipline, you you're building those. You're expanding the brain, you know, of your gut, to where now your gut works for you. Man, I'm. It's crazy how this is happening in real time, right? I'm understanding this in real time, right? This this is actually how you reprogram the 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 heart and the gut brain. 
probably more the gut, right? Because the gut is what bothers us in investments. Like the gut is what you feel when you go down a roller coaster and you're nervous. The gut is what you feel when you open up your investment statement and it dropped, you know, a few hundred thousand on a million dollar portfolio, right? That's in your gut. So discipline helps you retrain the gut. Patience. You know, now patience is along the line of teaching your mind not to move, not to move. And I think I said this in a previous podcast too, like I've gotten big into meditation, you know, over the last, really, I started mid-year and I've just been doing it a lot and I got my boys doing it and I got my wife doing it. And what meditation allows you to do is you, we really don't realize how much our mind moves. Like once you try and meditate, when you first start, a lot of people quit doing meditation because it's painful to, to, to stay focused, to stay present. And so if it's painful when you're trying, imagine when you're like not trying, when you're unconscious, right? Your mind is, our minds are always moving. And so the goal of meditation is you begin to learn to be comfortable with the movement, sit in the movement, kind of like you envision like you're here and your thoughts and everything and the world is kind of moving around you in slow speed but it no longer just takes you over, right? You're able to see it. You can accept the thoughts and you can use the thought or not use the thought, but the thought doesn't overcome you. And 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 so it's a it's a certain kind of a piece, right? Think of the think of the matrix fight scene when things just slow down and Neo would, you know, ha- like that's that's what meditation does to your brain over time because our brains get overstressed and we just got all these thoughts and thoughts take us over and stress us out and worries us and it causes all kinds of heart attacks and everything. Again, going back to the heart and the gut brain, right? And and I, and I believe probably meditation more helps the whole body, but yeah, probably the whole body because it helps with the heart because you reduce your stress. It helps cl- you think clearer, right? It helps with the gut and all the you know because when you have all these thoughts, it invokes all kinds of emotions in your gut, right? You might you you might think, well, oh man, well. My portfolio drop now this that and I'm gonna be poor I'm never gonna like your brain just immediately goes and like creates all kind of stuff in here and so meditation man Steve I'm I'm preaching here meditation aligns the whole body I mean patience you know meditation aligns the whole body right and it allows the whole body to to work for you because you, because if you if you've done the steps right if you've built the portfolio right you know using your brain, you've done that work, right? And then your discipline, you're programming the gut, right? And then your patient, which gets the whole body, including the heart, if, you, if, you're, if you're patient, right? And you just sit, because most of the investing is just sitting. It's doing nothing, you know, uh, until, until the information changes. So you're using all three, you're, you're analyzing stuff with your brain every single day. But if nothing changes, then you keep being disciplined, and then you just sit still. Earlier this week, again, I said the Fidelity does a study of the best performing accounts on their platform, and the best performing accounts, hands down, are deceased accounts because they can't do anything. They have to just sit because they're because they're dead. Yeah, just that was a very head, that was a very brain statement, right? That was a very unemotional statement. But the point is, yeah, just just sit. The majority of what you're doing is sitting. So faith, patience, discipline. And the follow-up question was, is there one that's more important than the other? No. Going back to what I said, if you're talking about the three different brains, head, heart, and gut, I, I, I wouldn't want to live a life where I'm all head, all head thinking. I mean, those, those people are like the people who are 
probably become like psychopaths or something. If you're just all head, you know, or all heart, right? Because then you're just super emotional and you don't think with logic at all. I don't know, I don't know how you can have money if you didn't, if you're just all heart, right? And then all gut, you know, which is all operating based on like past learning and intuition, right? You, you can't program, your, your gut is programmed by what you put in your brain, right? And your habits. But if you just operate it just, honestly, I, I mean, I think, I, think, I think the gut is where we get our natural tendency to be uh, racist, sexist, or biased. I mean, you know, again, there's no scientific evidence on this, but what I'm saying is if, if my theory is playing out where this is old memories, old habits, old DNA stuff, old, you know, old evolution tech, then, then, then that would make sense. So you need all three, right? Because once you get them working right, then you get to where you're using, you know, the other 90% uh, of your brain. So next question. Is having a mentor better than having school lessons? This actually is a, g- a good question, and let me clarify what I think they might be saying. They're saying, "Hey, is it better to learn something new by having a mentor teach you what you know, where to go and where not to go, or is it better to go to school and get classroom instructions?" I believe is what they're trying to say, and I don't, I don't know if there's a delineation between the two. I think they're kind of both similar, but I also think there's, there's no third component. So, so for me, they're the same. I think the third component might be, is it also better to learn through School of Hard Knocks, learn on your own? And, and for me, I think you got to have all three, right? I think, I think the natural learning process is, and, and, it, and this plays out, if you ever read the book, Richest Man in Babylon, or if you ever read the Bible parable about the prodigal son, right? The, 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 the short story of the both of them is, the, the son is given instructions on how to be wise in the world with money and everything. They go in the world, they make mistakes, lose all the money. And then, and we'll stick, with, we'll stick with the rich man in Babylon. He ends up saying, oh, my dad taught me these instructions. Let me open up these tablets and reread them. He reads the instructions, gets all the money his dad gave him back and more, comes back, pays it back his dad, but of course his dad doesn't want the money. Uh, and, and he has more beside what he wants to be like his dad, and things work out. I think that's how learning works, right? I think learning is you want somebody to teach you what they know and what they don't know, but it's also good to go make mistakes because everybody teaches from their biases, right? We can only teach, you know, we can only teach you at the level that we are today, and we're always evolving every day. And so, if 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 I taught somebody about money five years ago, and they're still thinking that's 100% truth. Like I've evolved on my thinking, you know? And so I'm teaching a lot of stuff the same, but I, I think differently on some things because I've evolved. And so I don't think you can take teaching or a mentor's word as law because it's where they are right there in the moment when they're teaching. You also have to go out and then learn what they said, you know, you have to learn if what they said is truth or not truth based on like you testing it. And then once you, then you can come back and say, oh, like with my dad, I'm, all, I'm always going, oh, this is why my dad did this. Oh, this is, so then, so then those lessons are solidified in my, in my gut, solidified. But then there's things that my dad did that I don't want to do. I want to do, in my opinion, different and better that I want to pass on. And so, and so I'm building that and I'm teaching my son, fully aware that he's going to go do his own thing. Right, he'll he'll 
learn truth from the mistakes and getting the pain from that and also learn wins by when he does what I says and it, it wins. But he'll also say, oh, well, my dad taught me that at that point in his life, that actually, you know, there's a better way to do it. Or maybe it was, maybe he taught it wrong and I'm going to do it this way, right? That's just natural learning. So I think, I think you got to have both. Got to have school of hard locks, mentors and school because it's how we learn. I hope this helps y'all and uh, enjoy your day. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.